We're in Exodus chapter 16. Exodus 16, and let's go ahead and read verse number verse number 3. Or let's restart in verse number 2. It says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the, to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, uh, this whole assembly, with hunger. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. God, as we get into your word, we ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Holy Spirit, be the loudest voice in this room. Be the voice of truth, our teacher that guides us through the word. And Lord, as a vessel, I decrease so that you would increase. Lord, help me to get out of the way so that you could be at the forefront. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, last week during service, I, I sang this song. I began to sing this prophetic song over us. And the lyrics were talking about learning to let go. And I really don't know where that song came from. Um, it wasn't anything that God had been speaking to me before. It was just in that moment of the Spirit of God moving last week, I just began to sing, um, Lord, teach us to let go, teach us to let go. And um, when I came in this week to pray and prepare for today's service, the Lord put that song back on my heart. And as I was praying, what I want to talk about today is just learning to let go. Um, today's message is about letting go and moving forward. I hope everyone has a bold, really important in life because in life we grow, in life there's progress, in life as God is always moving, He's moving us, right? We're being transformed from glory to glory, amen? But sometimes what could happen in growth, in progression as God is moving us forward, we tend to hold on to yesterday because we're comfortable. We tend to hold on to yesterday because it's what we know. It's where we've seen God move. And so moving forward at times is scary for some of us. Moving forward, even in the things of God, even when God is blessing you and God is moving in your life, that new land, that new territory can seem a very frightening at times. And so today I want to encourage you guys with this story of the children of Israel in Exodus 16. But I do want to read one verse to you first. And that's at the front or the inside of your bulletin, Philippians chapter 3, 12 through 14. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I pass on that I may lay a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Let's read that again. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal. Amen. For, for me personally, where I'm at and uh, my journey's been shared with you guys, it's being shared with you. Um, right in front of your eyes, my journey is on full display. And prior to us finding out that Aelia is pregnant, finding out that, that we are um, going to have a child in January, my life was headed in this direction where I could say, you know what, life is good. God's good to me. 
He provides. He takes care. Ministry is good. Life is good. I feel good. My relationship with my wife is good. Like everything was good. And then all of a sudden, everything began to shift and change outside of my control. Now, in no way, shape, or form did I ever think for one moment or second um, that this blessing of our child found out it was like I was overwhelmed with joy. I was overwhelmed with peace. And yeah, I was a little afraid, and I, I still am shaking a little bit, um, only because, you know, uh, I'm not the young whippersnapper that I used to be. But um, I'm excited for what God is doing in this new season. But here's the thing. Knowing that I have a child on the way, knowing that our life is transitioning, I got one, one going out into the world, one coming into the world, right? Andrew's going to be 18 this year. He's going to be 18 in December. And then Isaac's going to be born in January. You know, so that transition has really shifted a lot of things for me. And what we have to learn, what I have to learn is what worked for me in the previous seasons might not work in this new season. The way that I viewed life and my relationship with God, the way I viewed my relationship with Aelia, the way I view my relationship with Andrew. You know, now Andrew's, like I said, he's about to be 18 years old. Now we need to have some manly conversations, right? We need to have some conversations about what life looks like after high school. Where before it's like, hey, did you clean your room, brush your teeth, put on deodorant? You know what I'm saying? But now it's like, now it's like, hey, let's, let's talk about what God has called you to do as far as a career. Let's talk about what life looks like after you graduate. Let's talk about relationships and what commitment looks like. So now the conversation changes. And, and this is what we have to understand about God is when God begins to move us forward, when God is transitioning from one season to the next, there are certain things in the previous season that we cannot bring into the new season. And it doesn't mean that those are bad things. It doesn't mean that the things that God is asking us to let go of are no good. It's just they're no good for this new season. And I, I talked with you guys last week about just hearing God's voice in a new way, worshiping in a new way, pressing into the word and prayer in a new way. Because when God begins to invite you into a deeper place with him, it will usually come with a new prayer life, a new sound of worship, a new hunger for his word. And you have to embrace those things. Amen. Let's read a couple more verses right here inside of your notes. Hebrews 12 one says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So even though I'm mentioning some good things that are happening, there's also some bad things that we got to let go of, too. We have to let go of sin. We have to let go of old habits and old mindsets. We have to let go of those things that hold us back from moving forward. Amen. Genesis 19 is a, a popular story, the, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. An angel of the Lord comes and warns Lot to take his family to flee and to never look back. Right. God was trying to get them to move forward, to leave destruction, to leave what was about to happen. And the angel specifically said, don't look back. And if you read 1926 in, in the bulletin, it says, but his wife, she looked back, right? She looked back. She wanted to keep her eyes on the past. She wanted to keep her eyes on the very thing that God was trying to deliver her out of. And that resulted in this, uh, she turned into a pillar of salt. Amen. Husbands, don't ever call your wife a pillar of salt. Because <laughs> if you do... 
there will be some counseling needed for sure. Uh, Luke 9.62 in your notes, it says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So these are just four verses, Hebrews, Genesis, Luke, Philippians, just to kind of give us, uh, to set a tone for what I believe God wants to encourage you guys in today. Um, and with that, let's go back to Exodus 16. The children of Israel complaining because they were freed from Egypt. Um, let's start in verse number one. Verse number one says, And they journeyed from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. One thing that you have to understand, when, when letting go and moving forward, you have to embrace the journey. You have to embrace the journey as God begins to move you forward. When God was moving them from Elim to sin, the wilderness of sin, Elim was an oasis in the desert. In, in Exodus 15, it talks about how there were 12 pools, 12 uh, pools of water that they could drink from. Right? Even in the desert of Elim, there was still water provided, but then God began to journey them to the wilderness of sin, which was dusty, it was dry, it was desolate. So where they were at was comfortable because water was provided, but where they were going was dry. And this began the, 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 the first factors that came into their complaining, their, the first factors that were worked into this looking back instead of looking forward, is that they were focused on the journey in a negative way. One of the biggest hindrances, one of the biggest hindrances to God moving you forward is you not embracing the journey that's ahead. How many of us, okay, with a show of hands, how many of us in this room would, would love perfect physical health, right? Every single one of us, right? We all, yeah, sign me up. All health, I want full health. My body, I want to be healthy. Right? Well, without showing hands, how many of you guys want to go to the gym every day? Right? How many of you guys want to eat healthy food and not eat unhealthy food? Right? Everything changes the moment we begin to see the journey at hand. Right? All of us want the promised land. All of us want the promised land. We just don't want the journey to the promised land. Right? We, we all want to be healthy, but we don't want to do what it takes to get there. Right? We all want to be uh, out of debt and, and financially set, but we don't want to save and be disciplined with our spending. Right? We all want a better relationship with God, but we don't want to pray and read our Bible. Right? We all want better relationships, but we don't want to forgive and reach out. Like there, there is a journey that's required in the process of moving forward. Right? There is a journey when God begins to move you forward, when He begins to transition you from one season to the next, there is a journey at hand, and it's that journey that's going to position you and prepare you for the new season. So if you look at this journey as a hardship, if you look at this journey as a negative thing, then what you're going to do is you're going to rather embrace the new season, you're going to reject it. Okay? With our baby on the way, there is a, finan there is a different financial journey that we're on. Andrew's going to college, right? There is a different financial journey that's ahead. My health is no joke now. I really got to be healthy, right? 
the other man, I could I used to be able to bend over and touch my toes like it was nothing, right? Stretch in the morning and just I could feel it like, yeah, let's go. Now in the morning when I wake up, I got I have to get up and the first thing that I grab is my massage gun. Now let me tell you when the baby's here and he starts crying and I wake up Aelia to take care of him. Just kidding, babe. Just kidding, babe. When the baby starts crying and I get out of bed, I can't be like, Isaac, hold on. Right? I need to get myself ready for this baby because he's going to be a handful. He's, he's been kicking uh, Aelia's stomach. He's been playing hide and seek with me because she's like, he's moving, he's moving. I'll go over there, put my hand in, and he stops. I have to prepare myself physically for what's at hand. I have to prepare myself spiritually because now I'm praying things, right, that I haven't prayed in a long time. So there's a, there's a journey at hand that we have to learn to embrace. In the children of Israel, because they went from a place that was full of water and an oasis in the desert, they went from that into this place that it was dry and desolate. They began to complain. So again, embrace the journey. Let's keep reading here. Verse number two says, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Number two, when letting go and moving forward, be mindful of who you surround yourself with. When God begins to move you forward, when God is moving you out of an old season, watch who you surround yourself with. Right? We heard quotes like, Misery loves company. Birds of a feather flock together. Right? You are who you hang with. There are some times and some moments where we have to separate ourselves from those that are going to hold us bound to yesterday. And listen, we don't do it in a, in a way that's going to burn relationships or burn or hurt people. Right? We use wisdom and we don't just cut people off in a way that's going to uh, hurt them where they're going to reject the testimony of Jesus in us. But we do have to separate ourselves from anyone that's going to hold us back and hold us down. Sometimes we can't forgive certain people because we surround ourselves with people who are bitter. And so rather than surrounding, surrounding ourselves with people that are going to challenge us to forgive and let things go, we surround ourselves with people that are mad at others also. Let's just get in a group and let's just talk about the people we're mad at. Let's talk about how they hurt us. Let's talk about how we feel. Let's talk. Let's just, you know. Let's talk papas, you know. Let's just talk about them in. And we feel good in that conversation because no one's going to judge us. But when we know God is calling us to be better in our relationships and it's time for us to forgive, it's time for us to let things go, I want to be around someone who tells me, you know what, maybe you should forgive. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe it's time for you to start processing your, your healing so that you can get over this situation because it isn't doing anything good for you. Again, health, right? If, if we want to be healthy, get around people that are healthy and learn from them. Talk about what they're eating and where they're going because that's going to help us and motivate us to do the same. Right? You, you want to get a better relationship with God? Then surround yourself with people that are on fire for the Lord. 
Because just having a conversation with them is going to inspire you to press in even more. The whole congregation was able to complain because they found comfort in the person next to them was complaining about the same thing. So watch who you surround yourself with. Be mindful of who you surround yourself with. Let's keep reading here. Exodus 16.3 says, And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill us, the whole assembly with hunger. If you don't know the story of the children of Israel, if you don't know where they came from, these guys were in slavery for 400 years, right? They were enslaved for 400 years. There were generations that were born, raised, and died in slavery. And the way things were going, future generations were going to be born, live, and die in slavery. And here God raises up Moses to go in to, to free them from Pharaoh, to free them from Egypt. They, they come out of Egypt. They avoid these plagues, supernatural provision and protection from plagues. They see the Red Sea party. They cross over, right? They, they, they're witnessing all of these miracles, and now they begin to complain. Now they begin to question this new season that God is bringing them into because their eyes are still stuck on Egypt. And we've said it before, a lot of ministers say this, is that God brought them out of Egypt, but they didn't let Egypt get out of them. Right? They, they, they kept their eyes on yesterday. They kept their eyes on the past. They kept their eyes on the previous season. And in this moment where God was doing something new, they began to complain. How awful would it be if I began to complain about my situation right now? Oh, man. I was just about to be free from kids. We're, man, I was just about to be able to go buy myself Nikes every month. Man, I, man, I was just, we were just about to sell it all and buy a trailer and travel the world. Now we're gearing for parent meetings in Little League. Right? Like, how, how crazy is that to complain about the new thing that God is doing in your life? But again, the journey becomes this factor that we see as negative, and then we begin to question what God is wanting to do in this new season. Again, maybe you feel God moving you to get healthier. And so you're like, all right, God, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to do what I need to do because my body is the temple. I need to take care of myself. I need to break old habits. I need to do... And then it's like, oh, man, I got to eat broccoli? Broccoli smells. And I just say that because Vinny's sitting right here, and I hated when he cooked broccoli. Stink up my whole house, man. And I'm like, Vin, that stinks. And Vinny would eat broccoli every single day. Every day he's eating broccoli. And I'm like, man, that's, I'd, every time he'd eat broccoli, I'd go upstairs, I'd open all the windows and light candles. Vin, open the, oh, turn the fan on, Vin. Turn the fan on in the kitchen, man. It stinks. But you know who was getting healthier and losing some weight? Vinny was. I was upstairs with a bowl full of Oreos. It stinks, man. Oreos and bologna, huh? Just Oreos and bologna. We, we can complain about the things 
that are going to help us transition into the new season. And this is what the children of Israel did, is rather than having this faith and this hunger, rather than having this, this hope, this excitement of God moving in their life, they were so focused on yesterday that they couldn't see that God was about to do something new. And, and there's going to be those times where God is inviting you in, God is moving you, he's pushing you forward, and then all of a sudden, everything that comes with that, you have to make a choice. Am I going to view this in a negative light or in a positive? Am I going to see God in the midst of this stinky broccoli? Am I going to see God as, as God wants me to get up an hour earlier every morning to spend time with him, or am I going to complain? Am I going to see that God is bringing me out of debt or am I going to complain because I have to save 20 bucks a week? Am I going to, am I going to be excited that God is about to restore uh, my marriage or am I going to sit here and complain about what my spouse did five years ago? We have to be careful that we don't live in this place of complaining. That's why I have here in your notes, number three says, don't complain. Choose to be grateful. Be grateful for the broccoli. Be grateful for the times that you have to save money. Be grateful for the invitation to get up earlier to spend time with God. Be grateful when God is asking you to forgive that person. Be grateful when God is moving in your life and be grateful for every step that he gives you in that process and in that journey. Amen? Let's keep reading here. Verse number four says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and, shall be, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse six says, Then Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. When letting go and moving forward, God is faithful in transition. In the darkest moments and in the brightness of glory, God remains the same. Moses said, look, hey, at night, you're going to know that God is good. And in the morning, you're going to know that God is still good. And when God is moving you from one season to the next, when God is telling you to let go of yesterday and take hold of tomorrow, when God is transitioning you, you have to know that he's going to be the same. In the toughest of times and in the easy of times, he is the same God that was there with you in the previous season. And he never changes. If he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now. We have to know and trust that God isn't going to leave us no matter where he takes us. Amen? Let's keep reading here. Verse number 8. Verse 8 says, And also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints, which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord. This isn't in the notes, but this is an important thing to understand, is that as you transition and as God moves you forward, that the one you should be drawing close to is him. I, 
I'm reading some baby material. And I got an app that tells me what to expect every week, and I'm reading it, right? I'm drawing near to some knowledge. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some things. You know, even with Andrew going to college, I'm looking at that process. How do we do that financially? What are the schools? What is the best school for what he wants to do? Right? I'm trying to gain knowledge. I'm drawn near to all these things. But in the midst of that, I'm drawing even closer to God. Draw near to God as you transition. Draw near to God as you move forward. More than anything else, and I'm not saying again, it's important for you to gain knowledge in whatever it is that you're moving into, but just make sure that the one you spend the most time with is Him. Amen? Draw near. Uh, again, let's read verse 9. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for He has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Verse 13, so it was when the quails came up at evening and covered the camp and in the morning the dew laid all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. So God supernaturally provided quail and bread from the sky. Right? Supernaturally gathered quail to come so that they can have some meat to eat. And then there was this residue every morning. There was this residue on the ground, which actually was baked to cakes, was baked to bread. God was providing, and this is their response. Again, that last part of verse number, uh, verse 15, uh, verse number 15, the end of verse 15 says, what is it? For they did not know what it was. When letting go and moving forward, number five in your notes Embrace the new things of God. Again, sometimes we want God to do today what he did yesterday. And sometimes what he is doing today is a new thing. And if you don't embrace that new thing, if you're not okay with the new things that God is doing, then again, your eyes are set on yesterday rather than moving forward. When the quail came and the manna came, they had no idea what it was. And if they would have rejected it, they would have starved to death. So how God moved in your life and in your relationship with, your relationship with Him yesterday might look different on how He wants to move in your relationship with Him today. How you handled your relationship with your spouse yesterday might not work today. How you were with your kids yesterday might not work today. How you handled finances yesterday might not work today. You have to embrace the new things that God is doing. You know, like I was joking with you guys last week. You know, when I was 20, 21, I'd party all night, sleep for like two hours. I'd get up in the morning, I'd run and go to the gym and work out and feel great. If I eat French fries past 5 p.m. today, forget working out for a week. Right? I'm eating Tums for a week before I can, I, okay, I can go to the gym now, right? It's, it's a different, there's a different, 
method. There's a different way that God is inviting me, inviting me into this place of health, right? What I'm praying for my family looks different today than what it did yesterday. And so you have to embrace the new things. And new things can be scary, right? No one likes change. Some of us hate change. But change is the enemy of growth. Comfort will keep you stuck in yesterday. And that's why a lot of people, their life looks the same and they want things to change and they're hoping for things to change. They pray for things to change. But the one thing that they don't do is they don't change. My father-in-law used to tell us, if you want to change your life, then change your life. We have to embrace the new things that God is doing. And it's going to look different for whatever it is that God's doing in your life. Right? We have some newlyweds in this in this house, you know. Can I say? I'm not, I'm not can I say? Yeah. Eric and Vanessa, they're newlyweds, right? It was a surprise, right? We we just were like surprise wedding, you know. It, it was a surprise type of thing, right? But they're newlyweds. God that's a new thing that God is doing in their life, is that they started a family. Right? But who they are today is different than who they were a year ago. And how they lived and how they handled with the kids and, and their finances, I'm sure. Just everything in general, everything changed the moment their relationship began to grow. And they knew, okay, we're going to commit to the Lord and commit this to God. Everything began to change. And so they'll tell you, and anybody who's been married will tell you, who you were after marriage is different than who you were before marriage. And if you try to stay the same, you're going to have a rocky marriage. Right? That's why I'm trying to tell Aelia, you can't squeeze the toothpaste from the middle. You have to squeeze from the bottom. Who you were yesterday can't be who you are today. So you know what she said? Well, then I'm buying two toothpaste containers, one for you and one for me. That's, that's wisdom, huh? That is wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, she said, she, I, I was using hers, and that's where I was getting frustrated because I, I squeezed from the bottom, you know. I'm the guy that uses the lotion in the bottle, and then I'll take the lid off and then hit it till it runs out. You know, like, once the pump don't work for her, she buys a whole new bottle. And I'm like, you know, there's still some lotion in there. We don't need to buy a new bottle for, like, another two weeks. So you know what she did? I had this bottle for, like, a week, and I, every day I'm just taking the lid off and just hitting it like ketchup, you know, just hitting the, the bottle, you know. And then you know what happened the other day? I couldn't find it. I go in the bathroom, there's a brand new thing of lotion. She took my lotion and she threw it away. I said, we didn't need to spend that $2.99 for another two weeks. What are you doing? <laughs> it's in the past. Some things we just want to hold on to. I don't do that now. I don't like water in my shampoo or my soap. I don't like that. I don't do that. That's the one thing. Soap is different. I won't put soap... If there's soap in the my, I empty it out. I won't. I won't go that far. What's that? Just cut the wisdom. Just cut the bottle. That you do that Viv too. You know, cut the bottle. That's it. Hey, next time you guys come to my house, if you got to use the restroom and there's a bottle of lotion that's cut, just know it's wisdom. Wisdom. And Bo's over here saying, "Let it go. Just let it go." Let it go. 
Again, number five, embrace the new things of God. Amen. Embrace the new things. The, the children of Israel, they used to eat meat at these pots, and then God was providing a new form of provision for their food. He was gathering quail, and he was bringing manna from heaven, and they had to embrace that new thing or they would have starved to death. God is doing new things in your life right now, and if you reject them, you're going to reject the very provision that he has provided for you in the new season. Amen? Let's keep reading here. Verse number 16. 16, 16 says, um, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more some less. So when they measured it by, by Omer's, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning. And it bred worms and stank. It stank. And Moses was angry with them, so they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day, all, or on the sixth day, that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, "This is what the Lord has said: Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord." Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for you yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded and did, and it did not stink. For there were, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Verse 27, now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? So God told them, hey, every morning you're going to go out and you're going to gather what you need for, your, for yourself and for your family. I'm going to provide everything that you need. It's going to be there every morning. I'm faithful. It's going to be there. But only take what you need. Don't leave anything extra. Take what's necessary because I'm going to provide everything that you need. And they decided to not obey him. And they would leave some out there because they, they thought, well, it's here. We'll just come back and get it later. And then it began to be filled with worms and it started to smell. Right. Then Moses told him again, like, hey, we cannot gather on the Sabbath because that's a resting day. So gather what you need the day before the Sabbath. Gather twice as much so that you have what you need for the Sabbath day. But some of them said, you know what? We're going to go out on the Sabbath day. We want some fresh. I want fresh tortillas. You know, I don't want tortillas from yesterday. Fresh ones. They were out every morning, right? Because of that, God told Moses, this isn't what I instructed them to do. One thing you have to understand when God is asking you to let some things go and to move forward, number six, obedience always matters. Obedience always matters. 
When God is transitioning you from one place to the next, when he's moving in your life, obedience always matters. And to obey even in the new things I know is hard at times because God is going to instruct you to do things that you might think doesn't make any sense. You might think, you know what, this doesn't really make sense, but God is telling you, you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You feel God leading you in a certain direction. You cannot ignore that conviction. You cannot ignore that prompting. Because if God is instructing you with a new thing, your disobedience to that is going to cause you and cause your provision to stink. It's going to cause your provision to be no good because you disobeyed God. And so obedience in the transition is vital. Obedience as God is moving you forward is so important. Obedience always matters. Amen? Let's keep reading verse 29. See, therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like the white coriander seed. The taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Sounds good, huh? Tomorrow's provision tastes good. You know? Tomorrow's provision tastes good. You might not understand, but it tastes good. Right? I, I don't understand why now at my age God is leading me in these directions that He's leading me in. But if I obey, then I'll get to taste the goodness of it tomorrow. Amen. Verse 32 Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. This transition isn't just for you, but it's for generations to come. God is moving you from one season to the next, and it's not just for you, it's for generations to come. Your obedience today and your disobedience today affects those that come behind you. Your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. It affects it all. How you obey and how you disobey affects more people than just yourself. And this is something we should all embrace, is we're not just living for ourselves. The life that we live, it will affect other generations. And it's never too late. The testimony of God never loses power. We can share how God has changed our life, whether we're young or old. And that testimony of God's faithfulness will resonate throughout generations. Amen? Break chains, break generational curses. Change the trajectory of your family. Change everything that, that maybe is creeping up behind you, things that you had to wrestle with and struggle with. Change those things. Don't allow them to creep in. Don't allow them to remain. Some of you guys probably heard it the same way I did. Growing up, there was just some things that we were told and that we thought this is what it is. It is what it is. This is who I am. This is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. And we use that to justify the way that we lived our life, not knowing that we were ruining generations. 
We were planting negative seeds. Break those generational curses. Decide today that who you are is who God has called you to be. And the testimony and what you want to leave for your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and your nephews, for those around you, what you want to leave them is the testimony of God. Don't leave them with an excuse to justify your sin or your doubts or your fears. But tell them of what God has done in your life and let them see it. And again, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. That testimony can change their life. Amen? And that's why this portion of that, that story was so important. God told him, hey, take a piece of manna and save it so that the generations, and he did this often. You know, there was memorial stones that the children of Israel set up when they crossed over to the promised land so that they could always look back and say, remember what God has done. Amen? Um, let's go. Let's read verse 32 again. Then Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for your generations that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. Verse 35, and the children of Israel ate manna 40 years until they came to an inhabitant land. They ate man until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an Omer is one-tenth of an ephah. Number seven in your notes, learning to let go of yesterday will position you to experience what God has for you today. Let me read that again. Learning to let go of yesterday will position you to experience what God has for you today. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they're the previous provision, because God was still faithful even when they were slaves. They were in Egypt as slaves, but God still provided meat for them to eat. Then when God brought them out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness, he provided quail and manna. But when you go on to read their story and you take a look at them moving into the promised land, what was the promised land filled with? Milking. When Moses sent out the spies and they came back with a report, what did they carry? Clusters of grapes. So they had in one season meat in Egypt, in the next season quail and manna, and then in the next season milk and honey and clusters of grapes. Every new season will provide new provision. And if you can let go of old provision, you'll be able to take hold of what's new. Old habits will keep you bound to yesterday. Old mindsets, old ways of thinking, old ways of doing things, the way you did things yesterday might not work for today. And if you don't let go of those things, you're never going to be able to move into what God is doing in your life. God is always moving in our lives. Amen. He's always moving in our lives. So embrace that. Embrace the journey. Embrace the new things of God. Don't complain. Watch what God's going to do in your life.